On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, Ben is like a kid in a candy store as he goes for an iron fitting. The PGA Tour comes up with a totally brand new, never heard of before, totally novel concept for next season. And it turns out, Phil might have been right. As always, A Slice of Golf is brought to you by myself, Chris Wright. Me, Ben Fowlis. And me, Tim Williams. Welcome back, everybody. It's a three ball this week, which is, uh, I mean, makes for a change because the last couple of weeks have been two balls to see myself and Tim. Tim last week was me and Ben last week, wasn't it? Um, so we're back. It's a three ball. Well, there's all three of us here. I'm excited. I'm, I, I couldn't be more excited to hear more about Ben's week and what he's been up to. Uh, but uh, let's dive into our golf. I can keep mine really short and simple. Actually, let, let me do mine first real quickly. We had the Sunday Red Golf Day on Saturday and I wasn't able to play, <laughs> which which really sucked. Uh, so just uh, situations outside of my control meant that I couldn't stay and, and play. So uh, I went along, saw everybody off on the first tee, filmed everybody's first tee shots, which was just excellent. There was, some, there was a couple of good ones and there was some absolutely comical, uh, just making it past the forward tees moments. Uh, and it was at Bletchingley Golf Club and amusingly there's just there's a bunker on the right hand side which really shouldn't come into play at any point <laughs> and on the first tee and then a set of trees behind the bunker really just you're, you're going left sort of downhill and just everybody's tee shot you just see it just straight out towards that bunker I'm just like it's like it's got a magnet in just taking balls off into the bunker hilarious so that was enjoyable to watch uh, one by Rob Borden with I think it was 40 points, second place with 39 points, third place with 36 points. So it was, uh, it looked like a very, a very, very enjoyable day. So gutted I missed out on that, but hopefully everybody had a, had a good time now. And that was it from my golf. Didn't no range session, no nothing for me last week. So had an absolute shocker. I'm going to go to Tim next. Tim, give me a rundown. What's been going on? You are now, you are now a member of a golf club. That's where I was going to start with. So obviously, apologies, I was away last week. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about this on the podcast, um, but no, I, I have had my membership card come through. I am now officially a member of the golf club, um, which is very exciting. Um, haven't <laughs> After bitching and moaning about it for a few weeks, I don't actually think I've paid my annual fees yet, which is quite bad. I need to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Remember to do that tomorrow. Um, so yeah, last week was just very, very busy for me. Um, work-wise, incredibly busy, lots of things to do on the weekend. But um, Sunday just gone, um, lots of stuff done around the house. We were doing lots of sort of live admin during the day, cooked dinner, and then got to about seven o'clock in the evening and thought, ah, you know, I've got everything's done for the day. I've got everything prepped for work tomorrow. Let's go down to the golf club. So we went down to the golf club, but yeah, I think I got down there at 7 p.m. on Sunday evening. Obviously, need to say, basically no one down there whatsoever. Um, took 50 balls down to the range, just working on um, quite fairly, fairly disciplined practice. I'd seen something in the week, which is apparently the Tiger, um, it's the Tiger range program, which you go down to the range, you hit your first ball with that just take a wedge out. Don't really think about too much. Just try and sort of hit a smooth shot. Wherever the ball lands after that first shot, you spend your first 10 shots trying to get the ball as close to that as possible just to kind of get the, you know, the juices flowing and the swing going. So that was, that was quite good. Obviously, I just kind of um, 
I suppose like a 10 o'clock wedge and then just trying to do that like 10 times. So that was quite a nice way to start. But I mean, all of this was just to the, the soundtrack of just nothing because there's no one else there, literally no one else. So what I did, and it's a grass range, it's just beautiful setting. It was a nice evening on sun, Sunday night. So had obviously took my phone out of the bag, put a bit of chilled, some chilled beats on, a bit of music while I was sort of having my rain session, which is quite nice. Um, working quite hard on Driver and Woods, which are just absolutely my Achilles heel at the moment. Um, starting to see if, you know, you start to get a little bit better at that. It's time to see a little bit more consistency. It's still definitely not where I need to be. I just need to really focus on practice that, to be honest, for the next few weeks. Um, so hit my 50 balls there, then sort of made my merry way over towards the short game area. Um, basically what I did was, so I, I walked over to the, the short game area practice green and I had, I think I had like 10 balls on me. And basically all I did was I set my bag, I don't know, maybe hundred yards before I got to the green and I just spent sort of, I dropped the 10 balls off at various intervals on my way back to where my bag was. And the competition was like, right, you're aiming for the yellow flag. Cause there are three flags on this practice screen. It's like, right, you're aiming for the middle flag, yellow flag. Let's just see how we go. 10 balls to hit. You know, you obviously don't know the distances off the top of your head here, so let's just go with it. And again, just the fact that it's so, there's no one else around it, it was just relaxed, just me, just me alone with my music and my thoughts. It was just, just a sensationally nice way to practice. Um, so I think I might try and just build Sunday night chilled practice into my life from now on. I love it. I mean, I it does it. sound like a great way to kind of end close the chapter on one week and start the next. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, I've got a question for you. Yeah. On Saturday at the Sunday Red Golf Day, one of the uh, guys who is coming along comes up to me. I think it was, I think it was John. John Cox came up and said, uh, I think I've worked out which, which club Tim's joining. Are okay. You, well, I just from I, my descriptions. Yeah. Nice. Are, you, are you willing to share the name of the club now that you have joined and everything is okay? Because no. I'll tell you who it is, who he no, guessed no, it is. because he hasn't paid his fees yet. He's no, he hasn't paid his fees yet. For a whole year. <laughs> no, I'll probably reveal it next week once I've actually paid up when I'm actually fully paid up for the year. Okay, shall I, shall I tell you now who he thinks it is? And oh. then... I'll so, give you a, I'll give you a sign if if it's in the affirmative. I'll, I'll, I'll give you nothing. I, I'm sure it was John. He reckons it's Woodcote Park. Is the guess? So you can you can let us know whether that's right or wrong next week. You have to wait and see next week, <laughs> John. You have to wait. Uh, okay, Tim. That sounds like what? Did you you went out on the course this week? No, no, not on the course this week. Um, now, uh, do I talk about this? Yes. You do. Yeah, I do talk about this. So. Um, it's my stag do this weekend. Now, I I know basically I I've known nothing about this whatsoever because all the, all the, all the I've obviously not not involved in any WhatsApp group whatsoever. Um, the best men of groomsmen have literally told me absolutely nothing until I did sort of get to the point yesterday I think where I had to message sort of my best man sort of saying that. I know it's customary to not tell the stag a lot. I need, I need, I need something before the weekend just so I can have an, a semi idea of what, to, what you know, what I'm actually packing. Um, he's he's literally not told me very much, but he's he's hinted that there might be golf involved. So it could be that I don't know. I might I might be able to come next week and just tell you how badly I've played under probably the influence of many many beers. I assume. So. I, um... Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, he said that it could be an absolute ruse. There could be absolutely zero golf involved, and I'm just getting punished. So I we'll mean, have to wait and golf, see. golf being involved—that's such a loop because that could be. Yeah. Uh, by the by, the way, for the listeners, uh, I I unfortunately am not able to attend Tim's stag uh, and got booted out of the group very early on. So I'm also. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> I didn't realize you've been absolutely. Didn't realize you've been booted. It was that's one of those brutal crazy. moments where it's like, ah, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. Thirty seconds later. See ya. He's out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so I don't. I don't know either. So golf could imply like pub golf. Like, do you know Crazy what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah, it could be anything. So many things that that could. Yeah. Okay. So, then you're you're going, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, needless to say, I live with Tim's best man. The guy's been planning pretty much all of it. Um. So I know everything. Literally <laughs> everything. So. Uh, all I would I, say, all you need to do is bring your golf clubs. Nothing else. Just. <laughs> You won't need a lot else. Just your golf clubs, maybe. Oh, he is he is taking golf clubs. Okay. Yeah, bring your club. Again, could still be a ruse. Yeah, could could we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so I'm excited to hear what happens. Wait, wait. Oh. Okay, I'll come to that later. Ben, give me the rundown. What have you What have you been up to? What's been going on? Have we got the new best set of irons ever? Give me the rundown. We have the new best set of irons on an email at the moment awaiting confirmation. It's not, uh, they've not been ordered just yet. So last Thursday, I went down to Precision Golf um, in Byfleet. Now, I kind of read a a couple of books on this sort of thing. And like the best companies in the world don't need to do marketing. They just kind of do it, you know, to, to, to keep eyeballs on it because their customers do all of their marketing for them. I think it's fair to say over this past week, Precision Golf have had a lot of marketing from me because I can't sing their praises enough. You know, when a product or a service just exceeds all expectations tenfold, you're like, right, I, I, I love this. Um, just you walk into the facilities and it's incredible. It's on a, an industrial park and they've just got the second lot next to it. So they've got like three massive Trackman bays, a whopping great big TV screen on the wall, coffee room. Um, they've got a gym to the side. And then you come back into the the old side of, of, of the units. They've got another three bays. They've got putting um, facility upstairs and another bay upstairs, which I've been to before. It just, oh God, it, I, was, I was like a kid in a, uh, a sweet shop the other day. Um, I went in there, kind of said from the outset, I was quite open that if there were to be a choice of between two or three and they were all similar, I would I would go for the tight list um, just because of all the courses I've done, I get a fairly sizable uh, discount on tight list, tight list stuff, which is which is pretty good. Um, it's just... When was the last time you guys got fitted for clubs? Uh, Never. For my 30th. So it's a good few years ago. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's just I think when you kind of obviously we kind of appreciate things within golf even more kind of as time progresses and I think had I I got this fitted three or four years ago it, it I would have enjoyed it but it wouldn't have been the same sort of experience of what it was this time and it was I was geeking out so hard because he was chucking at me all these numbers and kind of knowing what all the numbers are. I was like, oh yeah, this, 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 and this. And then when you when you pull out all the different clubs and you try all the different things and you see the difference in spin and shot shape and speed and all that stuff, for the first time ever, finally 
realized or found out that the difference that lead tape you know when you see um on instagram like players have got like a gray tape over the back of all their irons we always kind of look at that and i'm like no i'm not really too sure how much of a difference it makes uh, i'm just trying to think who's did i see recently i think tommy fleetwoods i see he had a bunch of like they call it lead tape across the back where well, he started putting lead tape on some of the iron heads to add more weight to to the head of the club and bloody hell it makes makes one hell of a difference so i ended up as I said, I kind of had an affinity to tight list, but I said to him, I was like, look, if there is a, a, a club that jumps out and it's better, I will be taking whatever is best. I don't care what it is. I just won't play Wilson's and I generally don't really like Callaway's. Question from Tim. So I hear what you said. I'm still not convinced that's actually true, that if there was a certain couple of brands which they had recommended you would have gone with, and I was going to say Wilson because I know that you have a particular dislike of Wilson, but I was going to say, I, I don't know, I was going to chuck some names out there about like, and, and this is not saying I have anything against these manufacturers or these clubs, but I'm just going to chuck some names out because I'm going to put this to the test that saying that, oh, you know, if these have been recommended, would you have genuinely got them? Would you have got like Cleveland Irons? I quite like Cleveland as a brand. Yeah, okay, fine. Okay, I need to think of yeah. some clubs. I, I kind of feel game. like Cleveland are almost like in that vintage category where you're like almost cool because they're quite old and you don't see many of them. Co- said, Co- said, said every dad ever who owns yeah. <laughs> Oh, mate. Cobra, Cobra, I don't know about. I would, I would have been interested if they'd have if decided that the ones that Ricky uses um, were the best fit for me, then I might have been tempted. But a lot of them I'm Could not. I- can I say one of the guys on Saturday, Chris Phillips, has a set of uh, they're like they are the Cobras. What I oh, copper? I'd call them a copper, mm. like matte copper. Yeah. Oh my god, they look sexy. Mm. They looked incredible. I was like, hmm. Yeah. So they're are- the ones I was thinking of. If if they were to have fit me with them, um, I said to him like, at the time, I was like, look, Callaways. The only Callaways that I would play would be the Apex, and even I mean, then, I was. I don't know how big a chance there, there would be with that. Um, sorry, Tim, carry on. I was, well, no, this, this is all handy because I was, I was, this is all just buying me time trying to think of more manufacturers that I was trying to like trip you up on to kind yeah. of figure out who you wouldn't buy. Chris, feel free to help me out if there's anyone that comes to mind that well, you think Fowlis just wouldn't look, just wouldn't be able to bring himself to push the button on. Look, we look. The last time Ben was at Precision Golf, he bought a putter. With a name, I still can see more putts. See, no, I don't even. Know what, I can't, I can't <laughs> even remember what the putter's name is. Is that so, is that is that a play on words for see more butts? Is what <laughs> I've been thinking a lot. It has to be quite a long time. It has to be. That's not wait. That's not actually the name of the brand, is it? Is that I thought no, I just no. See, I think the company is just called Seymour, but you make putts with it. So I'm fairly Seymour certain that there, there has to be. Something. Fine. So if Ben's willing to walk out of there with a putter brand Seymour Putts, I feel like when he says he's open to most brands, I feel like that's got to be a true statement. What about Lynx? No. 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 So I do think, I do think, Ben, tell me how you feel. I think you've got to like the look of your clubs. This is where I'm going. Yeah. You've got to like the look, the aesthetic, because you're going over to your bag and you want it to bring you confidence and if you go over and you're like, oh, that's ugly, then you're like, like Yonex. Yonex. I'm feeling great. Yonex. Yonex in the bag? 
No, it probably wouldn't. But also, I think I'm just, I think because I, I have to do it on a daily basis and I've got a good bullshit filter and I'm quite straight talking. If he decided to bring that towards me, I'd be like, nope, not even. <laughs> I don't, don't even want to try it. I'm never going to buy those. So we're just wasting time here. Because like, when you think about how many club options there are and everything you can do with it, because they change, I tried about five or six different shafts in one head and then try three or four shafts in a different head. You think about all, like how many interchanges you can make, and I had two hours. And obviously, you've got to try and hit every ball at full speed. So I hit just north of 120 balls in the end, and I was absolutely toast come the end of that because everything we did was with six iron, and then we tried utilities and hybrids as well, and then hit a couple of drivers. Um, and he's, he said there's a noticeable drop-off after 70 full swings everywhere yeah. across across the board. Um, there's a notable drop-off in, in speed and performance. So to continue on more than that. And you think amount of all the interchanging, I think I tried five, six different iron heads. He switched into a Strixon, which I really like the look of. Um, I said to him, I was like, look, if I were to head down any route and I were to, to pick three, Mura's obviously, but they're kind of out of the price range, <laughs> uh, Mizuno's or the Titleists. Um, yeah. So we tried a couple of Titleists got on okay with them, then moved on to the Striction, then moved on to a Callaway, literally hit two, and was it was awful. Like It was just felt crap. So then we pulled the Titleist back out, and then he went to the shelf and pulled out the one Titleist iron that I was like, oh, if, if, if this goes well, like I'm feeling giddy already just, just looking at this club. Um, and he put, it, he put the lead tape on, screwed the, the, the heavier shaft in, and then the first three I absolutely nailed and i was like oh that that's it i think we're done i think we are good i've got it i'm in love he kind of found it very amusing because i fell in love very quickly with these irons um needless to say we didn't leave it at that I did hit a whole bunch of shots but it was just absolutely flying off um interestingly what he said with my old clubs gave him the set he was like did you have fitting I was like no uh, when did you get these was like years ago he said do you hit the ball really really high i was like yeah actually people have commented on to typically have quite a high ball flight. He said, yeah, I'm not surprised. They are, um, they're a good set of clubs, but they're game improvement irons. So the weight of the club is actually in the bottom part of the club. It's to help those that don't hit the ball that high to get it up in the air. So, right, well, that kind of makes sense because I didn't, I'd, all my angles of attacks have, have generally been pretty good and pretty solid. So I should hit lower ball flight. And he said, you're actually going to have been you know, for you, we're looking at more dispersion. For the average person, they fit probably the 50 plus blokes who can't really move all that well. They're looking to try and increase their distance. They said, for me, look, you, you don't need it. We'll look at dispersion. But as soon as I started hitting my current clubs, he was like, look, naturally your distance is going to jump now because you're not hitting spinny, high, floaty shots. You're now going to hit like piercing lower ball flights. So the fitting process was amazing. We've now kind of built what we want, what we've got. Uh, and going for a combo set. And then we place the order. I then go back in for a second refitting. Wait, wait, wait. So you you chose the, you hit three shots with the tight list. You've chosen the tight list. And those are the ones you've gone with? No. So I did, like, as I said, that I've hit, I hit a lot more after that with the same okay. line. Um, but the first three, I was like, I'm in love. Like Fine. these, these are definitely the set. It's now just tweaking what we need on them in terms of waiting in the head, waiting in the shaft, uh, and then the grip. So we, when we place the order, it gets delivered. I go back there and then we work on gapping because he said like, look, the, 
how far you hit the ball, we should be looking at 12-yard gaps. And if, say, it goes 12-yard gap, 12-yard gap, 12-yard gap, 8-yard gap, then we need to change the lie of the clubs. Um, and then they can add weight to them and stuff. And I just think the service as a whole, the fitting process is so much more in-depth and advanced than anything I've done before. And I left away from there thinking they've covered every single base. And I, I now feel like I'm definitely going to be in the right set of clubs for me, which, I, as you can imagine, it was like Christmas Day for me. And it, it, was, it was just insane. I think in the total, I hit six different iron heads. So as you can imagine, you know, Tim, when you were asking uh, about if they'd have, have, have given me a set of X clubs, whatever it may have been, I think I hit, yeah, one one set of Strixons, one tight lists, and then um, one set of Callaways. That was it. And we were kind of, yeah, done. It just, like I said, the, the service was brilliant. So I am yet to place the order just because I need to get final specs in real lay terms because I've got to then cross over to tight list, fill in all the order forms myself. So I want to make sure I don't fuck it up because it's, um, so it'd be quite an expensive mistake to make. <laughs> um, and then time frame, what they've said is typical deliveries at the moment is between eight and 10 weeks. Well, in 11 weeks, we jump on a plane to Portugal to go and play four rounds of golf. So I'm hoping we get this fixed and I get the shorter end of the eight to 10 week scale. So I can go and get a couple of weeks of practice in with my new my new toys. Amazing. So what, what do you do from here? Do you, do you just, cause you're going to be playing with your old clubs and you're just going to be thinking, Oh, but I hit it so much nicer with my new ones. Like how's that, how's the next eight to 10 weeks going to go? Yeah. I mean, I, I also got a new driver shaft um, the other day. So that got put into play. I hadn't, I was a bit concerned about using it on Sunday cause we were back for father's day and, and took my, took my old man out on the course. Uh, me and my brother and my dad's, uh, and I hadn't hit the new, well, the new shaft. So we went to drive range on Saturday and then played on Sunday. The new driver shaft is, is brilliant. I don't know whether it was a psychological thing, but yeah, just the enthusiasm wasn't quite there. Hitting hitting my current clubs versus what it was <laughs> like using the new babies. But uh, so, also question: You did you hit enough clubs to understand if it was going to? Like you said, they're not too worried about increasing distance. They're more worried about your dispersion and dispersion obviously improve if you're not hitting spinny shots. Did you manage to get any, like, was it good enough to get data on that to show that it was better or is it just that? No, because it was basically, it was it was to try and get a specific spec, right? Um, and then, or a certain spec, well, that's better English. Um, we kind of achieved that. And then I probably hit between five and 10 balls from there. And then it was like, yeah, this this is the build. That was at like ball 100. After that, the reps are getting pretty sloppy. So it's not really worth doing. So this is where, when we get the delivery back in, they then get me back down for the second fitting and, with, and then they start working on getting dispersions, gapping and stuff like that. And then they can tweak the weight on the day, which which is pretty cool because they said that'll be quite a quick turnaround. You go back in for like an hour fitting and then the guys in the workshop can, can tweak that within an hour. So you can be in and out, fully done, ready to go. Amazing. And, and you can do that like anyone can do that. Like you can just go down there with your current set of clubs and get like a, a gapping thing done. And I thought that was that was pretty interesting because the amount of people that I know that have done that sort of thing are slim to none. Most people have had, an, in air quotes, gone to American Golf, had a fitting. Um, 
but they're still kind of almost off the shelf clubs. It's just the best mm-hmm. off the shelf, off the shelf set that they've they've even recommended instead of actually getting it for themselves. And I be you know, it could be just a feeling thing and it just feels great to have gone and done it and it's an experience and my my ball striking doesn't get any better. But I would like to think after something that uh, in depth and getting the right clubs, it should improve at the other end. Sure, like you mean your putting's improved no end, isn't it? So. No end. Absolutely no end. <laughs> Not at all. And um, kind of ironically, slightly unironically, but putting was utter shite at the weekend as well when we played on Sunday. So, so lovely, lovely little Father's Day round for for you, your brother and your dad. Where did you play? How did you get on? Did. Yeah, we played Hurtmore. So my dad, oh, I, nice. I spoke about it last year uh, for my 30th birthday last year. Oh, by the way, these are my 30th birthday present, the clubs. This is just coming nine months after my 30th birthday. Okay. I, I can say, last week, Ben... Tim, I don't know if you heard it. Ben hinted at, that he might be in the market for Muras. I'm disappointed that you haven't come out with the Muras, if I'm honest, Ben. I, I wanted <laughs> to see those in action. I wanted to see those being played. Handcrafted yeah. by Japanese samurai would have just been... Which they, did, they did have them on site as well. Like They've got a whole... You know, you know what a trackman bay is like? Like three trackman bays width wall with just club heads. Um, did, you, did you hit a Mura? Did you just try one? Didn't, no. Just for fear that you'd love it, and then we're not together. <laughs> no, I just I didn't make any suggestions to him on things I wanted to see. I was just like, "Look, you go and pick whatever you feel like is going to be worthy." And kind of the mirror chat, and he came in quite late on, and by that point we were kind of nearly there. So I was like, "Don't want to open up that can of worms because if I end up flushing it, I'm going to be." <laughs> I, I assume you tell them a budget in the hole, huh? I see you tell. I assume you tell them a budget. So you say, hey, here's what I'm willing to spend. You would assume so. I didn't mention it. Just completely bypassed it. And I think if if I'd have... I know the rough price price of clubs uh, anyway. If they'd have brought me something which I know was out the range, I would have been like, nope, I'm just not playing that. Um, Fair. Okay, so how do you get on a hurtball? um, So hurtball short course. So my old man, last time he played golf, last time he hit a golf ball was on my 30th back in September last year. So it's been a long time. So... I convinced him to go out on Saturday practice. It was a bit like mm, apprehensive, but we picked Hurtmore because it's nice and short. Uh, it's it's actually not as easy a course as what I remember because there's a lot of um, internal out of bounds and it can mm. be quite tight. All right? And I think that's what defends the course. Now, it's not, not a difficult course by any means, but it's not um, your Chelsfield or some of the courses that we all shoot our personal best on, that's for sure. Golf was either it was really good or... Awful, like dreadful. So, like, 10, 10 pars in total, I had five really good looks for birdies, all within six, seven feet, and, and kind of burnt the edges. So, I was putting them close when I needed to, or it was shit, and I hit four triples in total. So, 10 pars, four triples, one double, and three bogeys. Six lost balls. Six. Wow. Wow. Which is a train wreck, an absolute train wreck. I was battling the two-way miss off the tee. As soon as I got off the tee, it was fine. I was on fire, but losing balls off the tee. Um, so I went around, felt like the game was there. It was just shit. Anytime I, I drive a freewood hybrid, anything. Uh, so eight, seven strokes, 31 points. My old man, first time he picked up a club since September, he shot 108, which is outstanding considering that he would beat a lot of our mates um he's we played him off the yellows um you know he's a 59 year old man who hasn't swung a golf club in nine months 
to go out there and shoot 108. The most unrealistic expectations of himself, uh, of any golfer I've ever met. He ex- I think he expected to be shooting like 80. Um, <laughs> but he, the good news is he said he's solidly back in golf when he's finished the house renovation, which is which is great. So it should be done at some point this year, which means golf presents for, for Pops, my Pops, um, from here on out, which is good because it makes it easy to buy for now because he's famously, like all dads, I guess, awful to try and buy anything for because he doesn't want anything. <laughs> so there. Fair enough. Yeah. It's good. Good nice. day. Wait, wait, so how many, points, how many points? 31. 31 points. Uh, okay. at, least, at least we know you were listening and didn't I mean, just switch off for the past five minutes. Sorry. No. <laughs> I, heard, I, yeah, I, heard, I, heard, I heard the pars, the triples, the bogeys, and then I was trying to work it out. I was like, so how many points would he have got? Um, nice. Okay. Cool. And then, I mean, yeah, you just had a, an overall very good few days of. I'm very. I, even I'm like, time for new clubs. Is it? Mm. Is it time for a time for a I'm thing? thinking this now. Yeah. You you can find at least one club in your bag to be like, actually, yeah, I could could do with a fitting for this, a driver, a hybrid. We see, you see, so maybe maybe some wedges. Five iron. I can't hit a five iron. You can't hit a five iron. Nope. I mean. Oh, don't say it. Don't maybe, say it. I, maybe a little in, wedding present shit dad well. joke about you not being able to hit any club, but there's why just the five iron? What's wrong with your five iron? But just this, just the particular five iron in my bag just never, I just never seemed to hit it well. I can't recall hitting like a good shot with it, so I just don't hit it. I hit like a, I hit like a grip down four hybrid if I need to. <laughs> I'm, when when we when me and pops played Putnam at last, when was it before the last pod? I, you, it's, you don't need a drive around Putnam. You probably don't even need a three wood. But so many times I was sat there going, I've got a three wood in the bag. I should really hit this three wood. And I'm just, the three wood used to be my favorite club. I would just get up on the D, confidence would be high. And now I just stand, I take it out of the bag and I'm like, no, I just don't know how to hit it. I don't know how to hit it. <laughs> it's just not going. And it just I honestly, it. honestly, I may as well just not have my, the five iron in my bag. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm at with the three wood right now. It may as well not be there. There, it's never coming out. Every other club is fine. Six <laughs> iron, fine. So Four hybrid iron, fine. Just five iron, no. New irons for Tim. New weirds for Righty. Let's go on a little trip, just you and me. To preci- let's go to precision <laughs> golf. <laughs> so look, so my fitting was that it, it, I, looking back, I now wouldn't do this. It was at Callaway, right? Okay. So it was a Callaway-specific fitting so everything you're going to get fit for is obviously Callaway well what, what happens if Callaway just isn't the best the best setup for you and that's where I'm now like uh oh, looking back I, w- I mean I love I love my clubs but I'm now wishing that I'd gone to somewhere like Precision where it'd be you should like have been playing Cleveland all these years yeah imagine I should have been playing Lynx I mean well, come on and this is the thing with with Precision as well is because you pay for the fitting what they said to me there was absolutely no pressure for me to buy with them they were just mm. like yeah we will send you the spec because we've already paid for the service. So they've sent me the mm. spec over. It's just too in detail at the moment. So I need it converted into lay terms so then I can then forward that information on. Um, and they, they do a full bag fitting. They were bumped into a guy who walked out the station. We're doing a full bag fitting. It's four hours long. I could mm. I'd be shattered come the end of that. What a day, though. What a day. What a day. Wrong be hanging off. Yeah, yeah. You get to the final clubs and just be stabbing at everything. No, but just think, you just have, you know, just hit 
hit 40, 40 shots with your irons, have a nice little coffee in the coffee room, come back out, do a couple of drivers, come back out, do some putting. Oh, what a day. Yeah, it would be insane. What a day. Oh, anyway, let's, um, that's an exciting journey for you. Found us over the next few weeks. We look forward to hearing about your new Clevelands arriving. That's very <laughs> exciting. Uh, the wait, which tight list? Which yeah. ones are they? I want to Google them immediately. Um, so we got uh, they went for a combo set, so a split set. So we're going pitch and wedge to six iron tight list MBs. Um, these are I said to him when he bought those out, you could hang these in the Louvre. These are these are uh, yes, these oh, are getting the full yeah, treatment. These are very pretty, those yeah. are very lovely. And then the five and four iron, just because they offer a touch more forgiveness, the tight list CBs. 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 Yeah. Right. Very pleasant. Lovely. Yeah, the MBs are beautiful looking golf clubs. Yeah, saw yeah. Justin Rose using them at the weekend as well. And we everyone knows our, our love for Justin Rose. So um I was like, big up my guy. Nice. So you thought I'm like him. I can I'm, I'm now basically as good as Justin Rose. And I've got I mean, I've now got Justin Rose's irons and the best putter in the world. So I'm going to be... I mean, about the only thing that takes you even remotely close to Justin Rose is that I feel like you grew up in similar areas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very he was, he was a fleet a fleet boy, wasn't he? He played at um, North, North Hans. He did indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we played there once. You had a terrible day from, from memory. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yep. right. Let's move on. Pros. Uh, big week for the pros, US Open, Matty Fitzpatrick, what a hero, wins uh, what he won. So he won the amateur comp in 2012, 2013, 2013, and then returns this year and wins the US Open there. How freaking amazing is that? Uh, I'm going to, guys, did you watch any of it? What did you think? I'm going to come to, oh, Tim's nodding. Tim's on the way. I'm going to come to Tim. Go, Tim. I had a very late night on Sunday night watching the entirety of, of the final rounds. Yes. Um, I didn't watch huge amounts of the opening two rounds, but then after that I was pretty much I was pretty uh, tuned in for, for a lot of the weekend. And I've been thinking about it for the last few days. And I I know that Ben will disagree with me because it's not Tiger, but I genuinely think Fitzpatrick shot out of the bunker on the eighteenth might actually be the best golf shot I've ever seen. Considering the considering the stakes, the location, the fact that he was essentially hitting into the island in the bunker and he hit it to what, 18 feet? Mm. Incredible. Like that um, for him, for someone who's never been in that position before, for him to clutch up like that, aim 20 yards left of the pin to get enough fade out of the bunker, trust his swing to put it, as you said, to within 18 feet or whatever it was. Yeah, I know there's a certain degree of recency bias, but it is one of the best shots I've ever seen. It was mm. the moment, just every, everything was incredible. And I, the fans appreciated it there on site as well because you heard the reaction. It was, it was something special. The whole performance on Sunday was excellent from May Fitz. Yeah, and I think, so a few things I took out of it. So I think... First, first off, like it feels weird to talk about this when Fitzpatrick's just won, but Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler is seriously the real deal because have you, one, have you one seen... shot winning consecutive majors and just looking like just fairly unfussed by the whole thing. 
Saw a stat earlier on. His season's earnings, this now takes him to $13 million. The next closest is like six, which, yeah. you know, six million. Yeah, but have you, still but have you seen the stats of all time money earned in a single season? He's no. So he he is now leading money. The, he is now the highest earning player. He's the most money earned in a single season on the PGA Tour. 12.8 million. Um, and by the way, it's only June. Yeah. 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 Like, we still imagine he goes through and wins the the FedEx Cup. Shite. How, like this is going to be unbelievable. So Jordan Spieth was the person he's just overtaken, who had a twelve million dollar season back in twenty fifteen. Vijay Singh at ten point nine in two thousand four. Tiger Woods' highest earning season was two thousand seven with ten point eight million. So these hmm, technical question are any of these figures adjusted for inflation? No. Not from no, the perspective no. of like, I wouldn't right. have thought so. I nah. wouldn't have thought so. No, nah, well, it's that's, and, that's and probably real, not adjusted. Real for, probably not adjusted for um, panic. We've got to add in more prize money because the competing tours come in. <laughs> we'll come on to that. Um, <laughs> so, just a few other things from the weekend. Um, how good was the course? Oh, how oh. good was that course? Because so it's like so punishing, so punishing right. if you go wrong. This, this this is the first point that I wrote down as I was watching. So I was back home visiting my parents at the weekend and, you know, I don't go back all that often, but my brother was out for the evening and it turns out my mum and dad were out for the evening. I only found that out on Thursday. So I was... <laughs> they knew you were coming home and they all made yeah, they do. <laughs> Exactly. So I was in my parents' house on my own. So I sat down to watch the golf at the start of the coverage, didn't finish watching it until the end. So I watched every shot that was shown, right? Do you, do you reckon you watch more more ads than you did shots or well, yeah, I, I will come on to that because I do have a gripe about this and I did put it in the group but massively 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 Brookline showed me that golf does not have a distance problem it's what we've been saying all along it has yep. a core setup problem yeah I cannot remember the last time I watched the golf tournament and I saw the top PGA Tour pros thinking about what club they were going to hit off the tee the amount of times we saw people taking a five iron a six iron yeah. um, or a three wood instead of just pulling driver and bombing it because they were already thinking about what they were going to do on the green. Look at Matty Fitz on the last the other day. Didn't pull driver because he was like, well, you know, I want to leave myself in a better position for my for my iron shot where we've just got to carry it onto the green. Players were doing that all week. And I thought that was just, it just to me, it just pointed out, surely the, the USGA now need to go to the PGA Tour and stay, stop making the same golf course every single week. All you need to do, grow the rough up, grow it up so it's ankle high. And it's going to completely change the way the game is played and viewed. Look at what happens at the Masters. Bryson gave it Bertie Big Ones a couple of years ago, saying it's a par, whatever it was. But at the end of the day, he didn't kick the ball in play and he was toast because of it. And I think this, it's the same. The USGA prove it every single year. Every single time a golf competition is the US Open, it's not necessarily a bomber's paradise because they make it super tight, small greens, fast greens, long rough. Easy. Yeah. How, can I add a however in here? Yeah. So, when was it that Bryson started coming out with his new training regime, hitting the ball freaking miles? That two years ago. Yeah, he then went on to win at, um, at Winged Foot. So he so that was two years ago, and around that time, Matty Fitzpatrick said, "Look, I could add on forty pounds if I really wanted to and stuff." And he was like, "But I don't want to do that." Did, did anyone notice that Matty Fitzpatrick was actually hitting bombs? Yeah. Yeah, he's he was hitting the ball a long way. And he looks a bit more built. Do we, his, I just... his ball speed looked phenomenal. 
Is it, is it, he's hitting the ball longer, right? I'm, yeah, yeah. Way, way further. Way, way further. Really? Have you got stats yeah. back to that? No, I haven't looked at it, but I, uh, it's, I, I did see some stats about it. It's like 15 yards. It is a substantial wow. amount. Like, and he's spoken about it. He's like, look, it's progressive difference. It's similar to Rory. Rory is sneaky longer than what he was two years ago because it's progressive stuff. It's not bang, doing it in one winter, yeah. kind of destroying the body. It's progressive stuff over time. So yeah. I posted about it today on Instagram. Um, Fitzpatrick strength coach spoke about it it's gone under the radar because it is over time it's let's ease into it so your body can you're still performing at a high level and you're not bombing it all over the place and, and missing shots left right and center yeah. but he is yeah significantly longer and the, the, the no laying up guys talk about it all the time he is the ultimate pro in how he prepares because he's now every year he highlights his weakness he goes and works on that weakness his weakness was driving distance now he's up there Look at all the categories that mean something. He is in the top 20, in the top 30 across the PGA Tour. Mm. And that inevitably was going to mean he was going to win at some point. And he's just gone and won the big one. Let's take a moment to talk about today's sponsor. If you want to hit the ball further, be more consistent, reduce the injuries, and, well, maybe lose a few unwanted pounds, and by that I mean body fat, in the process, then you need to check out Tour Strength, which, by the way, is the product of our very own Ben Fowlis. He's going to be giving you training programs to help you take your game to the next level. Whether you're a beginner in the gym, someone who used to know what a gym looked like, and to me, uh, or a regular gym goer, there are plans for you. You can get a free seven-day trial at torstrength.co.uk. Just use the code SLICE and you'll also get a nutrition program. Then if you decide that you love it and you want to continue, it's just $9.99 a month after that. Let's get back to the show. And um, while we're talking about the winner, we have to talk about the guy who finished in second. Zalatoris, <laughs> because this dude, what does I, what does he need to do to win a major? What? Because his his record is nuts. Well, I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day, and I say the other day, yesterday, about his record considering his age. He's what twenty three, something like that. Twenty three, yeah. and he's now got second in Masters, PGA, yeah. US yeah. Open. And yeah. He hasn't played an open because it's not. He hasn't been able to. Or has he played one? He's played one. Sorry. No, he would. Yeah, but he withdrew. He withdrew. Sorry. Yeah. So his record is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just to interrupt. Willie's is twenty five. Twenty five. Sorry. Now, I I I asked a deliberately provocative question of my mate I was talking to the other day, which is that record's incredible. But how long is it? And how many more tournaments where he goes close before the chat starts about just not being able to get the job done? So, so all the chat online, and I've not, I've not responded, but all the chat is, he loves majors, he's going to win loads of them. And my first comment was, is he just the new Louis? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, is he, in is that, he just, in the then, just going to finish second? In every single major, seventeen no, no, times. No, there was a stat that um, that this again has come out today. Again, prize purses are bigger this year; they are inflated. But he's just taken, overtaken Louis for the highest amount of money earned uh, for having not won a tournament in a season. Um, wow! Yeah. yeah, and again, I mean, we're in June. In in fairness, this this weekend was very much a case of he didn't lose that tournament. No. Fitz won that completely yeah, outright. Yeah, agreed. PGA. Bit different. I think that was that was an opportunity. I think that was a learning moment for him, though. Well, I no, hope it was a well, moment. was the was was the Masters not a learning experience? 
Yeah. But again, was that... Yes, it, so, how many... Is, is he... How many has he won on? How many events has he won on tour? None. So he hasn't won an event yet. No, because you remember last year we had the chat that he wasn't. He wasn't. He didn't qualify for the FedEx Cup because he wasn't an official PGA course, Tour player. Course, and the course, only way he would become, even though he was nineteenth in the money rankings or whatever, he didn't make the top hundred in the FedEx Cup because the, he hadn't because he hadn't won. That was the only way that he would have secured his tour membership. The promising thing for me on Willie's E the other day is I said on the back of Southern Hills, he won't win a major with that Python stroke. But I didn't see many. Um, I didn't see many. <laughs> I didn't see many instances with him drawing pictures. There were a couple, which I anticipated, but nowhere near as many as at Southern Hills. So I think, I don't know, the more he puts himself in that position, the more he gets comfortable being over those putts because yeah. every everything else for him is... A game. It is lights out off the tee. Unbelievable ball strike. He's good around the greens. I, it's just whether the putting stroke hold, holds up. And I felt like it did the other day. And as Tim said, I think felt like Fitzy just just won it. Um, okay. So let's let's play a fun little game. And I've just come up with this on, on the spot. I'm going to say <laughs> three. Na- I'm going to say three names. Yeah. Who of these guys wins a major first? Zalatoris. Hovland, Cam Smith, Zalatoris. Really, do you think? Uh, yeah, I would not disagree with that. The, okay. I would. Cam Smith is just for all of a sudden has just seems to have lost a bit of form. Zalatoris just turns up at all the majors, and yeah. Hovland just doesn't have. He doesn't quite have the short game, I don't think, for a major. And Hovland, I don't know. He's been a bit. He's been quiet in the majors. Yes. Here's one that I thought of when you started heading that way. I wondered if these two names would make it. Um, Zalatoris, Rory, or Jordan Spieth? Oh, I thought this was the weekend for Rory. I, I really did. I feel like I say this after every major, but I really genuinely feel he's like he's like right, right on the cusp. <laughs> and right on the cusp for you. But I mean, look. If we think about it, right, he's back up to he's back up in se- second in the world now. I think, and I think there's been instances down the years where he's been sort of a little bit inconsistent and kind of great one week. I think I think his 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 form has been very very good for a long time. And obviously, he won the Canadian. He's not stopping it. He he will win another one. Um, I'm annoyed because I thought I I don't think the Open is the one he was he's most likely to win this year, and obviously we've run out. We're, we're basically we've run, run out of the other ones for him to win, so that's annoying. Um, the thing, I, I think I like I like early potential shout here. If Fitzpatrick keeps doing what he's doing, he can play in the wind, and if it kicks up a wind, if the wind kicks up, like he can hit he can hit and shape shots well in the wind. That's he's in with a chance. The thing is, the the open as well is three weeks. It's not like it's six weeks yeah. where you've got a real chance to to go cold and go out of form. Yeah, it's yeah. Week week by week, there's a chance. But if it's in a, a window time frame, then you'd say it's it's pretty good. He's got to be mm. pretty short on the odds. I think for right. Rory at the weekend, I was starting to get a bit nervous with it. I'm I, I want to be wrong with it because I love Rory, but I did say yeah. last week I don't think he'll ever win another major. I don't think he's got it. What's shot him in the foot over the years in the past eight years has been that he shot himself out of tournaments in the first round, and he was 
lights out in round one mm-hmm. this week. And I thought, there you go, pin your ears back and just go attack the golf course and go win the tournament. And it just didn't really happen kind of from that no. point forward. So I think maybe yeah, he's got he, that he, hoodoo yeah. out of the way. Maybe he now can just, he knows that he can do it. He almost proved it to himself. Maybe at some point in the next year, he does put four good rounds together. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to keep the ball rolling here. Otherwise we'll, we keep talking about this for ages. So let's just do DraftKings. So we have uh, Tim went lights out on day one and two. And I was like, I almost sent a screenshot of being like, of course, Tim's top again, because when does Tim not finish in the money? Uh, and then day three happened and then day four happened. And all of a sudden I had three players miss the cut. Tim had two players miss the cut. Um, ben somehow sneakily just climbs up the leaderboard. <laughs> you didn't, you missed out on the money, didn't you? Did you just miss out on the money? Yeah. In the end, I think the players that were like, that made the cut that I was banking on just having good weekends, Justin Rose, Davis, Riley, um, I can't remember who else I had, but they they just kind of fell away annoyingly, yeah. which took me out of the money in both of my competitions. So d- you you finished in fifth, then it was me, then it was Timbo, uh, which in the standing order leaves it all very tight. In f- joint first place, we've got Tim and Ben on thirty three points, and then me three points behind on thirty. So Ooh. it's all a bit. It's all getting a bit tense. Uh, very good. Did on did we go through who our tip who we picked at the top of the year for who we thought was going to win the US Open? Oh no! Did, I mean, none of us picked Fitzpatrick. That's for no, sure. absolutely not. Do you want to hear how badly we got it wrong? Yeah, uh, I I picked Pat, Patrick Cantlay, um, who finished fourteenth, so not okay. miles off. Uh, Fowlis went ridiculous and picked Brooks who had an absolute nightmare and I think <laughs> finished like seven or eight over or something. Yeah, I mean, changing your driver and your golf ball like three days before the tournament or whatever it was, that was kind of that. Yeah. His tournament hopes were on the wall then, weren't they? Um, and, and Chris obviously picked uh, Victor Hovland because uh, obviously he's number number one fan and I don't even know where he finished. I didn't. I feel like I didn't see him all weekend. I didn't see much of Hovland over the weekend, no. Do we want to uh, touch on the coverage on that note? Yeah, go I on. mean, you, go on, you go. Yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of golf, a lot of golf this weekend. I mean, when the head of the USGA has to come out and apologise for the coverage and then promises to rectify it come the Sunday, that's a, that's a pretty poor sign. I thought it before I'd even seen that. I thought the coverage was shite. Mm. Uh, I don't know how much Sky can influence. Um, pr- probably not a lot in this regard, but the amount of times that they said, oh, John Rahm's in the rough and we we're not really too sure how he got here because we missed the tee shots you missed an absolute one of the best players in the world absolutely banana it off the planet and the, the cameras didn't even pick it up you kind of feel like come on like this major tournament really should be be keeping up with these um a week after live golf when i thought you know we had almost every shot and i i, I actually felt like i missed quite a few of the shots because I've alluded to it on here before. I don't watch TV adverts. I either change the channel or my, I immediately pick my phone up and start flicking through social media or something. I feel like I probably missed a good three or four minutes after every advert because I was still on my phone checking out or reading something from before. Um, I just, it's just so many adverts. Just get. I, I actually think I actually think it's worse in the states because I think what Sky do here oh. is is they then just go to. The studio or the commentator or whoever um i actually think it's I, my 
I picture it being worse in the States. Or, but... I mean, all over social media, they get absolutely slaughtered by golf fans, the coverage yeah. in the States. It... Um, I just, a week after live was like a big chance to, to put out a big statement of like, right, this is what we're, we're planning coverage wise moving forward. I know they have sponsors and I feel like the Rolex hour is the best period of golf because it's an hour of uninterrupted coverage. Do that moving forward. Every hour have a new promoting sponsor. Just yeah. stop, stop with the adverts. We're already paying. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not going to happen from a, pure, happen, from a pure marketing endorsement. But it, but it is, but it is amusing that you have a paid, you pay a subscription to watch it and then they still monetize with ads. So they're monetizing twice. I know they don't get paid by the, you know, by Sky specifically. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. Um, they have their, they have their TV rights, but it, it does feel a bit like, okay. Ha, ha, and this is where oh, I'm going to, no, let's not do that now. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Awful. Awful. I just I need to move on to the next subject, otherwise it's just yeah, going to flow. So, uh, where do I go with this first? Either of you watch the uh, ladies' event this weekend? The, the ladies, I should say, women's event. Sorry, the Aramco um, series. Doesn't matter if you didn't. Right. Okay. I was. Too, I was immersed in there. Obviously, to have yeah. any event on the same weekend as the major is eyeballs going to be there. Uh, Tim, you'll enjoy this. The uh, Aramco uh, Saudi Aramco series, uh, sponsored by. And promoted by the Saudi Public Investment Fund, <laughs> seems to have gone completely under the radar. So, women's event funded by and put on all the prize money by the exact same people that are, mm-hmm. are running the the live tour, uh, and no one seems to be saying anything about it, which confuses me somewhat. Why aren't all these all the women golfers being told that they shouldn't? Mate, this is what I said last week. Liv have missed out on an opportunity to get all of the top 48 players because all of them have proven that they're willing to play on that and their money, their prize purses are spoken about all the time. It's less than the PGA Tours. If Liv were to create equal purses, women's event, good Lord, they would they would have the, the best players in the world, every single one of them. Chris looks like he's stubbed his toe or something. I've got cramp. I've got cramp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I watched a few bits of it. I didn't watch any of it live, but um, I saw some bits on, so, on Instagram. Bron- Bronte Law had the win, uh, and ridiculous uh, part to take the win as well. But rid- I mean, Georgia Hall was there, obviously waiting to see if she was going into a playoff. Uh, Bronte Law is what forty feet, maybe further, fifty feet away, double breaking putt, just hits it. And you're like, yeah. As soon as you hit it, you're like, that's that's in. Uh, just and you and then the the cameras spun round to. Uh, Georgia Hall, who is watching on the TV, being like, "Am I going to pay off?" And she just started laughing. I was like, "That's good." She knows that she's been she's been beaten by a worldly putt. Uh, our new favourite uh, swing, uh, Lynn Grant. She finished third, which wraps up a wild three weeks for her. So win, win, two wins and a third place. So she's obviously just loving life at the moment. But um, like, genuine question, Tim, like. Uh, ben and Tim, the, the sound. Why? Why are they not getting the same grief? Is it because it's not a separate league? Is it because it's 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 not separate? What's the? Why are they not getting the same grief? I mean, it pains me to say it, but you you, you probably know the answer, which is that just, it just doesn't get the same level. Of, just the women's game just does not get the same level of publicity as the men's game. 
Yeah, I think that's probably a big it's part of it. Literally, it's literally as simple as that. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I agree with that or it's the way it should be. I think it's just the fact of the matter, unfortunately. Right. I think with Liv, you, you've kind of got, you know, there, there, there's people involved in Liv from the men's perspective who kind of go beyond just the game of golf. You know, you've got Phil Mickelson is just a, a big name in sport. Full stop. I mean, yeah. ridiculous anecdote to drop into, but you know, you've got Phil Mac- Phil, Phil Mickelson is like cameoed in like bloody entourage back in the day. You know, it's it's, it's that kind of level of fame and yeah. level of recognition. So I think that there's that element to it. I think you've got a combination of people that are well known, and obviously you've got from a media and marketing point of view, you've kind of got the. Uh, the attention grabbing headlines that go with live and obviously where the funds coming from and how much money is involved. Those two come, come together. It's always going to have publicity. Um, I wish it wasn't the case, but I think the sad fact of the matter is the ladies game just does not get the same level of publicity and interest right now. I think the, I would just like to stop. No, I don't want to stop putting a light on it because I, Although me and Tim have in messages been going back and forth on it, Chris Buddy loves live golf. <laughs> look, look, look. Although I don't, I don't think we should stop shining a light on it. I think we actually start need to. You just need you need to treat everybody the same. It can't be wrong for some people and fine for others, and that's no, I think that's the bit that I have an issue with. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I think that, I, th- I, th- I think it would be in a different conversation, an interesting conversation, if live golf were to open up to women and they were to have an eight roster. Mm-hmm. Event. I think the parallels can be drawn between this Aramco series event. I know the ladies have more of these sorts of things sponsored by Aramco than say the men's game does, but I think the parallels can be drawn between this and the event that was in Saudi Arabia uh, on the men's game. That's probably more of an accurate comparison and, and judgment. Yeah, but no, because well, yes, I agree, and it's that but that is that live because live tour as as a whole. Because the Aramco series is going to have different partners, different sponsors, and it's a, a sanctioned event. Whereas um, Live Golf is a, is a completely separate entity. And but this is, this is what I mean. Live Golf doesn't serve the PGA at the moment when it was just a tournament on the European tour. It was fine because it was in whatever roundabout way serving the PGA. Yeah. So the the Saudi money only became an issue when it didn't serve the PGA. Correct. And this is where I. I but, by I, the way, by uh, the way, can I just can I just point something out here? We, we, I think me and Ben need to we need to be aware of um prior to the show tim he was 15 minutes late to recording uh, and i quote because he was having a dinner with a lawyer uh this evening talking about talking about (laughs) the lawyer sure being his other half (laughs) and he was having having dinner with his partner and she just happens to be a lawyer (laughs) it was not a legal conversation (laughs) Uh, all around the topic of live golf but look let's let's talk about live golf because obviously we've had the big news that brooks is likely going we've had the news that answer uh is i think that's gone. now yeah, now, now public right he's now gone um so they're, they're making they're making strides and then about an hour before we started recording this podcast i saw i ben you sent a screenshot of something in in the group and I immediately went on. It was on Golf Digest. There was a, an actual report about this. I cannot believe this is real. Yeah. Uh, ben, would you like to introduce the new what PGA Tour have now officially come out and said is going to be the plan for next year? I mean, no. Do I want to? No, I really don't because I don't want this to be a thing. 
because it's just embarrassing. It's just for me, it's just embarrassing. It just it reeks. Just absolutely stinks. Um, PJ Tour's response to Live Golf, they're creating this new super series of eight tournaments which will consist of 50 of the top-ranked players from the previous year's FedEx Cup rankings. This new tour is set to begin after... Uh, when was it? It's next year uh, in the autumn. Basically... I'm going to copy your homework yeah. and I'm going to get all of the good grades. Can you, you just say, just, just to be clear, PGA Tour have said from the outset, amongst many other things, this is a horrible format. No one's going to like it. It doesn't serve the game. It doesn't grow the game. Um, loads of the players have come out and said the format sucks. What? This is what? A- Sorry, I've got to get this off my chest. What a bunch of moronic fuckwits this UK tour. <laughs> Seriously, who is running this? What fucking idiots are doing? Just, that, that, if you missed it, was Ben Ben Valis's review of the PGA. <laughs> what, 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 seriously, what have they been doing for the last 10 months? Just been sat yeah, on their asses, just counting cash. What? This, seriously, what? What have they been doing? So they, they released this. Brand new, never heard of, never seen before idea. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the boardroom? Guys, we fucked up. We need to come up with something new. And someone at the table just goes, guys, I've got an idea. It's a bit out there. <laughs> what if we do this thing? We do eight events. We guarantee the top 50 spot. Can you imagine them? They're all going, you know what? He's fucking nailed it. He's nailed it. He's got a great idea. Like All I'm waiting for is the PGA to come out and be like, oh, and by the way, there's going to be a team aspect to it. Totally new and novel oh, idea. That is exactly what I was about to button and say. I said, I'd be willing to bet it's going to be 10 teams of five. So, yeah. they, so there's a slight difference. There's a slight difference. Uh, Tim, you, you get very hot there. Your, your thoughts? I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. <laughs> you hate it so much like... because of the, the format or because that's their response to yeah, Live Golf? Both. Both. Okay. I mean, mainly that it's their response was exactly as you say, Chris. They spent the last, whatever it's been, month really just sort of, um, yeah, attacking Live and its format and its, uh, you know, how it's been constructed. And all the while, you know, you've had Rory, who's their most, most kind of authoritative guy who is universally in their core. He's on their side and he's been going out really. I know, I know we big Rory up a lot on this podcast, but I mean, to be fair to him, he's been going out and he's been going out to bat for them pretty much every single week, being interviewed, fielding the questions, and his, and his response has always been the same, that the reason people want to play the PGA is because of the heritage and because of, you know, it's the, it's the tour that they grew up wanting to play and it's the most prestigious, you know, all these things. And rather than double down on that thing, which is, 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 is absolute secret source it's it's gold dust that's what the pga has to its advantage it's the history it's the legacy it's the events that everyone knows and loves and they've just chucked out the, they've obviously not chucked out the window completely but their response has been yeah we're actually we we've heard everything and we've seen everything and we're just going to do exactly the same thing we're just going to do it on the pga and it's just like you oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better word than wimps and cowards but i'm struggling I, I don't even know that it's it's coward. Well, it is cowardly. I think it's just a, a complete lack of creativity, imagination. Just yeah. like the the solution, and it, it just makes me laugh because I don't think I still don't think they've understood the problem. No, exactly, exactly. And actually, sorry, I, I, this is where I was going to go with this, but I, I feel like you may go. have the place below me. Let me go with this. 
the one thing that Liv has fucked up is that they be, try and be this thing about, oh, you know, golf, but different and changing everything. Yet 90% of the events or 80% of the events are still in the States on courses that you may as well watch the PGA on. They had an opportunity to actually take it out, put it around the world. What this should have been, right, to the PGA, and we've spoken about this tons, is this should have been the lightning rod for the PGA to get, to get together, group it and say, okay, we need to change. If this, you know, when stuff like this happens, this is an opportunity to kind of stop, review, let's think about why this might have happened, let's think about how we can grow the game legitimately, that we want to do it, and it may be that we hold more events around the world, you know, we do more events in South Africa, more in South South America, more in Africa, more in wherever, and or, or it could be about the way that, you know, the, the, what the, the interest of the players have in it, you know, the, the players themselves get a say in how it's built and how it's run, or distribution of prize funds, or distribution of ranking points, whatever it is, and they just haven't done any of that. All the opportunity that's been laid to them to actually change it and do something differently. And they've just got around the table and just said, uh, 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 let's just do the same thing. Yeah, it's it's such a panic play, isn't it? And it's embarrassing. It looks really weak on the tour. Because it's like, yeah, it you've, you've been trying to downplay Liv the whole time. And now you've, now you've seen that they're pulling a lot of your players because they're offering more cash. And the tournament's actually pretty good. And the product's pretty decent. They've absolutely shat the bed and gone, oh, crap. And it, it's just, as soon as I saw it, I had a chuckle and I was like, that took them probably the last five days to talk about it, to be like, we have to do something because they panicked. They've seen how successful Liv was in the first event. And then... So I've got, I've got, multi- I've got multiple questions here. So first, first of all, I still don't think they've understood the problem. No. The problem was no. players don't want to play 52 events a year. They want to play less and they want to make the same or more money in the, a shorter amount of time. So PGA, the PGA Tour solution to this is let's put on eight more events. Right? <laughs> yeah. sure. Okay. Because yeah. they're still going to have to play in all the other, and they're still going to play in the same weeks. So my, what it says here is there will still be alternate events for everybody who's outside of the top 50 those weeks. So it's not, they're putting on eight additional events and you will still have to play in the other events to maintain your, um, ranking for for the next year if you want to be in these top 50 so for that i just genuinely don't believe they've understood the problem uh second question is are they basically saying hang on phil mickelson has been right all along that was one of my points i had written down all of this is proving phil's point him and greg Norman at the moment are giggling because they're like this is this is exactly what we were talking about all of a sudden you found 160 million plus that you're willing to give him prize money where the fuck's that come from you you told us you couldn't possibly do this, what, a month ago? Yep. You told us this wouldn't be possible. Oh, no, wait. We found it. Here it is. It turns out we've had it for the last 20 years, every year. I mean, come on. Like, to to prove... Just... Right, right, right. So I've, I've heard and read that they've got an enorm, enormous amounts of cash reserves to PJ Tour, right? Do you think this is a very short-term play to try and blow live out of the water, make them disappear, and then they will scrap the eight... No. I, don't think think that. That. I don't think they've got that foresight. Because no. I, I don't know whether they're going to be able to financially go toe to toe with Liv. No, they can't. They definitely can't. That, that's not. That's they're exactly. not even trying. They, so, so what's their plan here? What the, what is the actual plan? The the plan is they. <laughs> I don't fuck knows what the plan is. I can't. I can't pretend to see into their mind. But it just. It's laughable that Phil was saying at the beginning. 
financial and and look, Phil's obviously been rewarded very very well throughout the PGA, his career on the PGA Tour, but just so he's been saying it it's still not fair, like for the players in terms of how this all works. And all this does for me is it goes, yep, turns out he was right. That that's what well, that's a big part of this. Turns out, yep, we do just stash away loads of cash. Um and uh, we don't pass it on to the people that make us the the money, right? And then, so here's here's the other thing. So first of all, this is the way I see this. This is a bit like when someone's in a job, they go to a recruitment company, they go find me a new job, they interview, they go to a new job, the new job offers them twenty grand a year more. They go back to their old company, and their old company go, we'll pay you ten grand extra than what they're paying you. Please stay, and it's. And you're like, well, why the fuck didn't you do that a year ago? Why would well, why didn't you do this before? The, only... the problem is, the problem is, the golfers in there had an option to go to another employer before. Now they do. Just to build on your analogy with another analogy, yeah. okay? Because this just came to me just now. I would say that the equivalent is you're in a job, and you've got a few problems with your job, and you're getting paid an okay wage. You get offered to go to another company where they'll pay you more to work less to work less and have less responsibility yeah and sounds a, great and a slightly less reputable company sure right? yeah while people go that. what get paid more to do less yeah sure i'll sign up for that whereas the other company that might get wind of this and say i'll tell you what we're going to bump up you will meet what they're going to pay you we're going to pay a bit more but we want you to stick we want you to stay with us and progress with us and get promotion and help, you know, build the agency or the company. That's, actually, that's kind of what we see. No, 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 and, and, no, no. and actually, you're going to do an additional hour a day. You've also got to work an extra day. And you've got to work Saturday, Saturday. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not selling this to me. I, I mean, the, the doing less work and getting money sounds good. And, and you're not quite matching it either. In fact, you're still way off in terms of what they can yeah. what they can offer. It just, it, the whole situation has... I mean, the, the one question the prospective employers, not, not the employees, are saying, where's the money coming from? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> don't, you don't need to, don't, you don't need to worry about investments in Uber and EA and all the other companies that we that's, utilize. I don't think that's basically. the same thing. I think that's, that's a different conversation. <laughs> Do, uh, do either of you two think this changes anything? Because in my head, yes. I start, look, the players who have already had their head turned and they're just waiting for a few more to go to take the pressure off them, I think their heads have already oh, been yeah. turned. I don't know if it's going to be enough to keep those players whose heads have already no. been turned. No. Can I, uh, look, I'm going to jump in before, because Tim's he's, he's got his thinking face on. Um I, I, we've said, we have said, or I don't, actually, I don't know if we, I should say, I have definitely said, I don't want to, I just don't want to group you two into it in case you haven't actually said this. What I don't think live golf is the finished product. Ben, you and I said last week, they, they've like the team thing just doesn't quite make sense. Like the way that they've done it in, you know, in the future, you'd want the teams to be consistent for a year or whatever. Mm. It, it Tim, you've already said it. They both have missed a huge opportunity with making it a world tour, essentially. However, I've always said whatever happens, Live Golf could disappear in three years. Yeah. The fact that Live Golf turned up is good for golf hmm. because it creates competition and it is forcing change. And if Live Golf disappears in three years, 
PGA would have made so many hopefully positive changes that they we are left with a better product. Competition, although we pretend that we don't like it, competition is good. Yeah. Competition is good for a, for business. It's good for a product. So, assuming they adapt and change and don't do a as Ben you alluded to last week a, a Netflix versus Blockbuster situation. Um, I just so no. I don't think if anyone's head's been turned, if anyone wants to go and work less, get paid way more, have less responsibility, I that that's not gonna they're not gonna change by the idea of playing more golf, getting paid a tiny little bit more and playing extra. What what I think it, it, they've taken PJ have just they've done something. And that but again, I don't it's so wrong that I don't know that surely there is just PGA tour players going are you fucking kidding? This this was the response. So we've told you that we didn't want this product. And, and this is the thing. This is where I think it almost has been put together in this past week. Because in that letter last week, they didn't indicate that they were doing anything to combat live. And now all of a sudden they have something to combat live. It will have been in the pipeline. But it reeks of like, why didn't you at least touch upon this new potential idea or proposed idea that's it's going to reshape the PGA tour in a new direction. They're going to head in. Why did they not even touch upon that in that open letter last week? That's, that's what's a bit confusing for me and looks really like you, you've really put this together in like 10 minutes, haven't you? Tim go. So it live the live golf thing. It will complete its first season and it will get a bit more. It will get better and it will get a bit more polished as it goes on. The two things I keep coming back to are, do I remember that much from the last live event? Kind of like, oh, yeah, that was interesting. It wasn't that different, really. I know, and I know it will change. I know they'll be more polished and they'll get they'll get their shit together a bit better. But it's not like I'm actively. It's not like I'm sitting here being like, oh yeah, quite looking forward to the next one. It's kind of like it feels okay, like a, it, it feels like a one-off event that's now just gone away. That's not. It won't continue like that. But the fact, the fact in all of this remains, the best players are staying where they are. And I, the, standard, the, standard, the standard is demonstrably less in, on Live Golf at the moment. Sure, for the first event. That's going to change. I think that will change rapidly as well. I don't think it will change rapidly. The, and to, and to, uh, to combat your question about your statement about what do, do I remember from it? We remember the majors. Do you even remember what happened at last year's BMW in the UK? Billy Horschel won it. Yeah, but what, no. But my point is, yeah, this, this, no, 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 no. my point yeah, is, this right. was not. This was just. This wasn't just another week on the PGA. This was the first event in this land-shaking breakaway league that's going to shake the foundations of golf and be completely different. I don't really remember that much about it. Sure. Sure. And it's still an organisation without a face, other than Greg Norman, who apparently is chairman, head of catering, head of marketing. <laughs> no, he's definitely, we might be head of marketing, but as Ben and I alluded to last week, the marketing is ramped up after you guys did the pod and we're like, their website marketing is shit. And then Ben come on and goes, their marketing is amazing. <laughs> 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 just ended a complete 360 last week. Oh, a complete 180. The, yeah, look, Live the live event is definitely not a finished product. 
that I don't think they even pretend it to be. I, I do not believe this is even remotely the last players that will go across. I think it will continue yeah. over the next, this next year. And then next year, once they've got proof of product over a year, if it, if it does finish out the year, I genuinely think the PJ is it. Can I say something just to play absolute uh, sure. devil's advocate and say something probably a little bit controversial? Um, so obviously this is the first year where Netflix have been involved, right, in this documentary on the PGA and, you know, life behind the scenes and whatnot. Wouldn't it be amazing if it came out that Netflix were kind of like in cahoots with the, PI, the PIF and being like, tell you what, this would make fucking good content. Do you guys come out and put a little rival tour out? How, how amazing would that be if that came out that Netflix had been involved? So I do, I would highly doubt that they were involved, but they would... Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting they were. I'm just saying it would be very funny if it, if it were. No, if but, it but I think they will... They, what oh, was that Amazon? Can, do you remember there was that documentary about the cyclist who did research into doping? Icarus. And all of, Icarus, that was it. And all of a sudden, the, but literally halfway through the documentary, and it goes from, I'm learning about doping to, oh, we've just uncovered Russia's biggest doping scandal in history. Was I can't remember if that was Amazon or Netflix, but either way, they pivoted really well, like, really well in that, that documentary. That was Netflix, and they'll do the same in this. Like it, they will, they will see that they were at the first event, and they will take full advantage of it. They're an entertainment company, of course they will. Like they'll be all over it, and they should be because that's going to create really entertaining viewing. So yeah, I, I, don't know, I think that again, we all thought that the Netflix show was going to be great for golf. Fuck, it's going to be good. Netflix are laughing all the way to the bank for this, mate, because this is all this has happened in the first year they've been involved in the game. Yeah. Tim, was there anything else you wanted to to talk about around this? Uh, I mean, I could could talk to you for hours about how I feel about Live Golf. I'm just going to summarise it as saying that I'm going to temper a lot of what I've just said, that it is fueled personally by a, a wish for Live to fail. I actually wanted to fail. I don't like it. But you, but, and you're saying you don't like it because of where the money comes from. I, that's a big part of it. It absolutely yeah. is. But again, yeah, I think it comes back to this whole thing that it's a fa- it's a it's a it's a faceless organisation that have just come in and chucked money at people, and they're all saying about the motivations to change golf for the good and shake golf up. I don't think they've really changed that much. I don't think the format was that different. I don't think the tournament was that different. Uh, so all they're going to change the golf is they're going to make the best players even richer. That's the only thing that changes. Exactly. Change exactly. Sports so look, my my opinions will hundred percent be influenced by the fact I just don't like live golf. So I will I will I will caveat everything I've said with that that I'm far from an ind- <laughs> far from an impartial independent person. I just, I just wish, and it wouldn't. It just the problem is it wouldn't be the PGA Tour who do this. But like you said at the beginning, I wish they there was a a world tour, an event. We've talked about this so many times. An event on each different continent. Yeah, twelve events a year, twenty events a year. Yes, a bit more F one style in terms of like give the players an off season. Yeah, they play all year. They play. Not many other sports. Football comes close, right? Football, you play from, what, end of August to, to May and then have a month off before preseason. Golf does not stop. 
Mate, it was last year. I think there was one week off between the end of season tour champs and the new so, season starting. And we've we said, but uh, Tim Ben and I said it last week. We had been getting golf viewing fatigue of just being like, oh, just not excited to watch golf. If you had 15, 20, maybe, maybe that's too many, 15 events throughout the year and made a big deal of, like, made a big deal of them, I'd be up for that. I really would. I'd be so up for that around the world. The problem PJ Tour have now got is they've now come out with this new thing. They have to find the money from somewhere, which means more sponsors. They already have such a flipping high sponsor commitment. This is why they have so many tournaments because they've said yes to so many people tied themselves into so many lengthy contracts that they can't really go anywhere with it. Unless they're willing to break these contracts and forfeit a shit ton of cash that the tournament sponsors and then all the sponsors that come with that. My one big concern... They've not got a stake back in them. A big concern for me, and I think we should... We'll go through this concern and then we'll wrap it up. Um, Because I keep seeing about players not being allowed to play in the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is something that I really, really look forward to. And I actually, interestingly, the arguments were quite amusing from the PGA Tour because I was like, well, the the, the Ryder Cup used to just be the essentially Europe's players versus America's players, right? You'd pick your squad. The, it never used to be you have to earn so many points on the PGA Tour to make the European team. And even now, 50, and it's not specifically 50 uh, PJ Tour, is it? It's just your world ranking position, then your European Tour rank. So I don't know that it would potentially you should be like, still pick your best team that you think of European Tour players or European players, pick your best team of, of what you think of American players and compete. Why, why does it have to be world golf rankings? Why couldn't you just be like, I think this player's going to do well. Let's pick him. Yeah, be interesting. It depends on the RNA stance in regards to Europe's Europe's because they could quite easily turn around and be like, no, we don't like live golf, but they've been pretty quiet about it. Like European Tour. We spoke about it last week. The European Tour have allowed players to play this week. The European Tour are not going to... They'll, they'll team up with Liv. Yeah. Well, they've, they've held a European Tour tournament in Saudi Arabia. So right. I think that's probably all the information we need. I'm fairly certain that they're going to allow Liv players to play on the European Tour if they so wish. And we'll get to see what happens and the European Tour gets double the prize money of the PGA Tour over the next 10 years. <laughs> trying to throw that grenade in there. <laughs> Blow Tim up. Let him go. Not that. <laughs> Rise above it. <laughs> um, okay, so on that note, guys, is there anything else you want to talk about on this week's pod? Otherwise, should we, should we wrap it up there? Pray, pray for Tim. Pray for Tim. <laughs> oh, stag do. And by the way, listeners... Um, not because of Tim Stagdu. I'm away for the next two weeks. Ben's away, or someone else is away for a week, so Tim didn't fancy just doing it. So, so over. I'm not <laughs> so talking to you. Listen to me just by myself for two weeks, to be quite honest. You know what? I, I think people would... Did I, Tim, did I tell you? I was like, last week, the week with you and Ben, the most messages I've had, I think it was two, two messages that I've had, people telling me how good the podcast was. I was like... Yes. Great. Thank you. That's because, <laughs> that's that's because it was just me and Val, which was just letting loose, like... Like kids, just to be able to say just whatever with no one to rein us in. So there's going to be a two week break, but uh, make sure you tune back in in three weeks for um, good, good, maths. good maths. <laughs> <laughs> two so week break, so check in in three weeks. weeks.
I've not had a drink. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks' time and uh, come and join us in then. We'll catch you later on. See ya. Guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you've enjoyed the show and our ramblings, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review from wherever you get your podcast from. It massively helps us out. It helps us grow the show, and that is what we want to do. This episode is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf, the best club, not biased at all, uh, in the world from everyone from the sublime to the rubbish, the scratch, the hacker. Uh, everyone is welcome. We've got events. For example, we have one this weekend uh, at Bletching the Golf Club in Surrey. We've got competitions, giveaways, offers, so much more. Come and join us for free right now over at sundayredgolf.com. A slice of Golf is also brought to you by Tour Champ. If you want to settle once and for all who the best golfer in your group is, TourChamp is the easiest way to find out. You can set up leagues for free now by visiting tourchamp.co.